0: Jesus became indignant with his disciples and said to them, Let the little children come unto me. Do not prevent them, for the kingdom of God belongs to just such as these. Amen. I say to you, whoever the man who does not accept the kingdom of God like a little child will not enter into it. Then Jesus embraced them and blessed them, placing his hands upon them. In the name of the Father, Son of the Holy Spirit. Um, I'm from Dallas. And... Um, Back in 2009, I was following with interest what uh, a mayor was doing there. He's no longer the mayor, um, but he was, uh, he was uh, trying to sell everybody uh, on this new project. Um, it was a small thing, yeah, building a hotel in Dallas. You see, Dallas has only one hotel. Oh, wait a minute. They have lots of hotels. Well, the mayor of Dallas wanted to build a hotel using um, uh, taxpayer money. It was only going to cost $100 million. Sorry, what, what was that? Was, it was $100 million. And I thought, well, um, you know, we already have a lot of hotels. And and I, I knew it was going to come down the road when, when the police and the firemen were going to need, uh, or city employees were going to need pay raises. Well, we just don't have the money. Well, So, guess what's been in the news in Dallas lately? The um, Chief Brown is struggling. He's the head of the police department in Dallas. Evidently, they've got really low morale. Who could have predicted this? Oh, You don't have to be Einstein to figure this out. People want to see their lives improve as they go along, or they're going to go somewhere else. Um, yesterday, I was reading the... Uh, the Greenville Herald Banner, right inside the front page, page two, there was a story about something that happened in Austin in 2009. The lawmakers set aside a sorry ten million dollars, ten million dollars. Well, you can you can build one tenth of a hotel with that, right? Anyway, they set a they set aside ten million dollars, and any independent school district in Texas could ask for. Uh, some money to do what to put seat belts in their school buses well don 't they already have seat belts? I never rode a bus uh, to go to school. Um, we always had a chauffeur driven limousine take us to school. Mom and dad were the chauffeur right no uh, i 've never been on a school bus, but you know i 've always wondered i 've always wondered about school buses. Do they have seatbelts? And and why is there only one adult on the school bus? That's another thing. um, Yesterday's article mentioned recently in Houston, two kids down in Houston were killed in an accident on a school bus. Friday, right next to that article, Friday in Forney, it's not too far from here, the um, school bus driver was in the right, but there was an accident. Two kids were taken to the hospital. Um, Only about $400,000 was requested, so over $9.5 million went back to the state of Texas. Um, So we have school buses that are being driven around and kids don't have seat belts. Oh, the article mentioned that some of them have seat belts, but they don't have the three-point system. You know what happens when the policeman pulls you over? and your kids don't have their seat belts on, or they don't have a three-point system, um, oh, it's you, no ticket. No. In fact, if, if your children happen to be small in stature, and they're not in a car seat, you can get a ticket for that. Are there car seats on school buses? Well, no, you see, that, that would be too costly. Counting the cost. Counting the cost. Uh, the mayor of Dallas, in my opinion, didn't count the cost. And look at what we're reaping today in Dallas. The, those kids, those school buses. Nobody can say, well, we don't have the money. Yeah, the money was there. You mean, you mean we have to put them in? Oh, yeah. Um, well, no one's getting hurt. You heard what happened on October 1st up in Oregon. Yeah, those um, nine people were killed. They didn't die. They were killed. Um, and um, I went to community college in Dallas. Um, community college is great. Um, you can take some courses you're not sure about what your major is going to be. Um, community colleges are also great because you actually get to talk to your teachers. You know, you're not one of thousands in, a, in an auditorium. And um, you get to save your money for going to a bigger university if you decide to go on. Um, but um, up there in Oregon they, they've had their community college there for a long time and they had one security guard and he didn't have a gun when I was watching uh, Andy Griffith as a kid Barney had a gun and he had one bullet in his pocket that guy didn't even have a Barney That the college didn't even have a Barney up there not even one bullet uh, but he didn't have a picture of a gun and look what happened well you know why we don't have a police force? Well, that would be too costly. Okay, so let's see. Nine people dead. Hmm. You see, uh, not counting the cost is costly. Uh, around, your, around your table in a, in a family, there is a conversation that began the day you first um, got married. And the question that keeps coming up, well, that's, that's, that sounds great. What does it cost? We're, we're always having to count the cost. And there are people around us who not only don't do it, well, that doesn't apply to us. On October 1st, uh, kind of overshadowing, being overshadowed by the Oregon thing, um, the Prime Minister of Israel got up and addressed the United Nations. Yeah, I know what you're thinking, United Nations, billions of dollars that we paid to support the United Nations. And if we didn't have the United Nations, you know, the, the Middle East would be on fire. People would be in chaos and the Chinese would be trying to hack our personal computers. Oh, wait a minute, that's exactly what's happening. And yet we're still spending billions on a United Nations that doesn't lift a finger. In fact... They did lift a finger on October 1st, and it was the wrong finger, and they pointed it at um, uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu. Um, You see, our country is working on a treaty with Iran. Our country identifies, still does, that Iran is the greatest exporter of international terrorism. But other than that, they're okay. Friends, the greatest threat, um, the greatest exporter of international terrorism, we are entering into a treaty with them. And President Net, excuse me, Prime Minister Netanyahu got up in front of the United Nations and he mentioned that after all this was announced uh, weeks ago, the leaders of uh, Iran, uh, as their people chanted death to America, um, the leader said, in 20 years, there will be no Israel. In the, in the psalm today, we pray that last line, peace be to Israel. On October 1st, I remember praying in the divine office, um, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Jerusalem is in Israel. And the psalms tell us, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. President Netanyahu is Right. Yeah, He's not right about everything, but he is right that Israel has a right to defend itself. Um, but you see, there's a problem. If Israel um, defends itself and attacks Iran, this treaty that uh, we're entering into with Iran, now we have to back Iran if somebody attacks Iran. Friends, is no one counting the cost? It, it doesn't appear. Um Prime Minister Netanyahu was very direct on uh, October 1st um, that um, their neighbor Iran is 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 predicting that in 20 years there will be no Israel. They they want to wipe Israel off the map. I'm not uh, I'm not declaring Israel free of problems or innocent or anything like that, but Israel does have a right to defend itself. The um, this idea this idea of counting the cost is part of being a member of a family, and yet there are there are people around us family members friends, coworkers, people people over our work um, people in the state nationally internationally who don 't count the cost, and other people bear um, the consequences. Um, Today I was, uh, before I started the first mass, uh, I was praying the divine office because I have to. That's part of the, uh, you can read about it on page three. It's praying morning prayer and office of readings. Um, and I got to the second reading from the, the office of readings and it was from Pope St. Gregory the Great. I tell you friends, I hate being Catholic. They're there, right on the page. Did he just say, yeah, I think he did say that. Yeah, I did say that. Pope St. Gregory the Great said, if pastors will not speak to their people because they are afraid, then they are like dogs that will not bark. That's funny because I know some of you and when I call you or talk to you, your dogs always barking. <laughs> but it, Pope St. Gregory the Great said that pastors who will not speak to their people because they are afraid, they're like dogs that will not bark. Well, friends, I'm the biggest chicken. In this parish, but you know, chickens are like potato chips. Do you ever just see one potato chip? No, they're always surrounded by other potato chips. There are a lot of chickens in this parish. I'm looking at some of them, right? We all have that tempt. Oh, I, I, I couldn't possibly, I couldn't, I, I couldn't possibly say anything. I'm afraid. See, the um, um, Jesus is talking in this gospel. Um, to Pharisees. And the Pharisees want this. They want Jesus arrested and they want him killed as soon as possible. And so they set him up with this question. Is it lawful for a husband to divorce his wife? They're setting a trap for him. Jesus asked, asked them this question. What did Moses command you? And they replied, Moses permitted a husband to write a bill of divorce and dismiss her. And Jesus says, because of the hardness of your hearts, Moses wrote you this commandment. But from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one, so they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, no man must separate. Friends, everything I just read there, The uh, there are so many in the world today who are not counting the cost who would be livid at hearing this read to you. See, God is the one who invented marriage, created marriage, created the family. The family is the best defense, the best defense to the attack on the family. Did I say a perfect defense? No, it is the best defense. We are imperfect Um in our roles and families. Uh, recently, the Pope came to the United States. He stayed for a week, um, and um, afterwards, I'm, I'm trying to get my blood pressure back down. Um, afterwards, um, the, the 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 thing I came up with was something like this, like a, a kids' book, you know, connect the dots. You start here, and then you go to number two, and then you go to number three, number four, number five. Anyway, the Pope had a conversation while he was here in the United States. Well, when he talked here, he, these are the things he left out. And when he talked over here, these are the things he left out. Have I read all of the things that he said? No, I haven't. Um, like I said, I was working, getting the blood pressure back down. Um, but what the, what the Holy Father did was he had a conversation. Friends, conversations in families start and they don't end until you end. I was with my family over the summer and somebody said, Remember when you did that? That was fifty years ago. I apologized. I said if I've never if I've never apologized for it, and I'm never speaking to him again. Yeah, no you can't do that. Um what I'm just saying is, that these conversations, these conversations, if you're in a family, um, these conversations go on and on. This is totally different from what you and I are exposed to. If you go into the supermarket, you go over to the soup aisle, you pick up one of those boxes that says, cup of soup, and you take it home, and you, you get one of those big mugs, and you uh, open the envelope, and you pour that dry stuff into a cup, and you boil some water, and you pour it in, you stir it, and you drink it, it says on the box, tastes just like homemade. No, it doesn't. But you know what? It's food. And if you're hungry, it'll get you to your next meal. But it doesn't taste like homemade. Think of hundred 144 characters. Twitter. Yeah. Oh, that's a conversation. No, it's not. That's like cup of soup. Or an email. That's a conversation. No, it's not. Um, and on and on and on. Friends, a conversation is something where, where we're all in on it. And it's going to be, it's not, a one, it's not a flip a switch saying, okay, now it's over. No. You say something and somebody says something back and it's on and on and on. Um, we have to begin a conversation. I pray, I really pray that that's the whole point of what Pope Francis is doing. Um, you're going to hear so many lies about the extraordinary synod. And so many of those lies will come out of people who are, uh, how shall we say, working for the church. <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> the, um, yeah. Uh, and people are all mixed up. They're, the church is having a conversation. And like so many conversations in my own family, it turns out poorly. Poorly. Um, today um, me the biggest chicken here in the gospel Jesus is talking about divorce there is not a family here who has not been adversely affected by divorce my own parents divorced yeah I told you last week my mom is living with me now for a year but because my parents divorced I'm not talking to her Oh, what are you crazy I talk to my mother do I go around and say, "Yippee! I'm so glad we had this divorce in our family"? Absolutely not. Oh, we drag it out, and we discuss it, and we put it away, but uh, that was years ago. Friends, uh, people have to recognize that um, divorce has occurred exponentially in our country, and if well, if you can't bring it up, well, what does that mean? Um, we're just supposed to—we're just supposed to pretend that this deep wound doesn't exist. Oh, it's gone. That's like saying uh, the grand—it's Can- like paving over the Grand Canyon. No, that's a, a deep, deep chasm in the the continent. Right? Not going to pave that over. Uh, not anytime soon. You're not. Um, so Jesus is talking about divorce by talking about marriage. See, they want to talk divorce. Jesus goes back to. Um, God creating marriage. God did not create divorce. Um, Over the next couple of weeks, we're we're going to be hearing about the commandments, the the Ten Commandments. Isn't it interesting? Commandment number five, thou shalt not kill, which is better translated, um, thou shalt not kill innocent life. Innocent life. Okay? Look at number six. uh, You shall not commit adultery. Isn't that interesting? Those are next door neighbors. Number five and number six. You see, when Moses was in the desert with the Israelites for forty years, um, men would come to him and say, "I want to divorce my wife. I like her over there." Well, Moses would then explain to them, um, "Well, sir, you're you're married to her till death do you part." What? Yeah, one of you has to die, and then the other can remarry. Oh. Well, Moses knew what would happen. The desert floor would be carpeted with the bodies of dead women. You know, that's still happening in some parts of the world. It's not happening through the Catholic Church. It's not happening through the Jewish faith either. But it is happening. We read about it all the time. Um, So Moses allowed divorce for that reason. And and that's not good enough. When... um, when we when we look at what God has has created in in the family as the best defense for children, then we have to do everything we can to keep the family intact. There are occasions, however, where a spouse is threatened by another spouse. Just last week I read where a woman had her husband killed and a husband had his wife killed. It could go either way. Um, um but the family is under attack, and we have to begin a conversation about it. Usually, when the, the the divorce word is mentioned, this is what you get. Well, I feel this, or I feel that. Well, I just think I, I just I just feel this, and I, I feel that. and it's like not, there's no reference to to him and what he teaches, what Jesus teaches. Um, what he has taught over the centuries. Instead, it's feelings. I don't care about your feelings. Um, maybe it was something you ate. Maybe it's gas. You know, you eat something and, oh, I feel terrible. Yesterday, your mother's meatloaf, it was terrible. Oh, gee. The. Uh, but, but think about it. Think about how our environment, people are sneezing today because of whatever is blowing in. Um, uh, we are so influenced by so many factors and yet we... We act like our feelings are the, uh, the be-all, end-all? No. I, I want you to take an image from today of Jesus with his arms around the little children. Um, mom and dad, the family, um, with Jesus, his arms around mom and dad and the family. But but think of pushing those arms away, rejecting Jesus I don't agree with what Jesus teaches on, on 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 marriage and divorce and on this and on that but I want Jesus arms around me Those people up in Oregon uh, they were asked one question are you a Christian Friends friends it's just amazing It's just amazing I every day I try to be a Christian and I fail miserably You know right now we have 20 men and women. If you combine the Republicans and the Democrats, we have 20 men and women running for president. Because I am the principal chicken here, um, I'm not going to name this individual. But over the summer, Planned Parenthood released these videotapes, and they were gruesome about selling baby body parts. I mentioned them a couple of times in the bulletin and said, if you want to know more, you go right ahead and read about it or view these. But I didn't, I didn't preach on it. On purpose. This is Respect Life Month. And so I'm going to go out on the limb as a chicken. Chickens sometimes do go out on a limb. Um, they can't fly very high. Um, but um, one of the uh, candidates who is very knowledgeable was asked this question. If a baby's been aborted, is it okay to use that body for scientific research? And he said, yeah. Friends, those uh, nine bodies up in Oregon... Would we, would, we, would we consider asking the families to use those bodies for scientific? Oh, no, that would be so. Yes, exactly. That would be an attack on their families. Our brothers and sisters who are waiting to be born are just as relevant as those nine people in, in Oregon. Uh, but to bring these things up to someone who, who is, is very smart, and get an answer like that? what, we're just supposed to roll over. Nobody here but us chickens. Um, friends, we we have to we have to admit that family life is under attack, um, um, locally, na- uh, you know, across the state, nationally, internationally, and Christ is supporting the family. Christ is supporting the family. So keep this image um, in your mind this week. Whatever is going to be. Pushing Jesus away from you and your family, rejected, rejected out of hand. Uh, if someone is um, if someone is getting is thinking about marriage, talk to them. You talk to them. Uh, well, I'm not his. I'm not his father or mother. Or um, I, oh, he's difficult. Uh, send them to Father Paul. He loves to talk. No, your leg's not broken. You talk to them when they're married you talk to them too. And when they're thinking about divorce, you talk to them. Um, and, and, and if they are divorced, you talk to them. You, you, you begin a conversation with them or you continue a conversation. It is not a light switch. But we have to do this. We have to start this conversation. I pray that this is what the Pope is, is trying to get us to consider. We've had no-fault divorce for so long that we just take it as like the air we breathe. And you know what? It is the air we breathe, and it is toxic. Um, so the, um, um, this week, um, let us consider, let's, let's count the cost. We, we, we do that all the time. Well, okay, well, how much does that cost? Oh No, we can't do that. That's too much. We have to do everything we can to protect the little ones. Um, In the family, that's why the family exists. It's the best defense to protect the children. It's not the perfect defense because we're imperfect. Um, And let us see um, what we can do with God's grace um, to promote a proper understanding of what Jesus teaches about marriage. And help people to get prepared for marriage. Um, To help them understand what true marriage is. And and also to recognize that there are people who have been, sadly, uh, hurt in marriage. How about this one? Uh, You know, the, the, are you Christian? And if you answered yes, he pulled the trigger. How about this one? You're going to marry my daughter, aren't you, boy? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm going to marry your daughter. You know, if somebody gets married that way um, later on when he's in a safe place, uh, there is no marriage. Nobody can force you to get married. People are forced into marriage by people around them all the time. All the time. And I'm not talking about people in the Middle East. I'm talking about people right here in the United States. Um, So if you know that, you know that, well, no, you can't be forced into marriage, then you recognize there are other cases as well. And on a case-by-case basis, the church helps people to look into these matters. And you know what? It's that fast. No, it's not. The church doesn't do anything that fast. Um, um, Families don't do anything that fast. They don't do anything well that fast. So we're surrounded by people who won't count the cost. Are we going to include ourselves? Are we going to be just another cup of soup? Twitter generation thinking that the problems will just be tweeted away? away. Um, um, No, that's not going to happen. It's going to be uh, heavy sledding. Um, It's going to be a long, hard process, Um, but Jesus is holding us together with his arms around the family in the name of the Father and Son of the Holy Spirit.